At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Adam Shine Podcast. Episode 48 of the Adam Shine Podcast, and this one is an absolute gem. The legendary Phil Sims is the featured guest on the Adam Shine Podcast. It is unbelievable. We take a tour on the quarterback carousel for this offseason. Phil's got some really strong opinions on the perfect spot for Russell Wilson. Strong opinions on Derek Carr. On Dak Prescott, the perfect spot for Deshaun Watson and what needs to happen. He has some great stuff on Sam Darnold. And Phil and I take a great trip down memory lane on the 86 Giants, on the time that I knew that I was a diehard Giants fan growing up. No one knows that I'm a diehard Giants fan when I was growing up because I don't root for them anymore. That was the one occupational hazard, but... Growing up in my world, it was nonstop on the Yankees, the Giants, the Knicks, and now it's Yankees, Syracuse, Knicks, now that Tom Thibodeau is coaching the team. But growing up, I was a, a diehard fan of the of the New York football Giants and Phil's Giants, so it's fun as I tell him that for the first time, and Phil and I have been working together for years. He never knew that. Trust me, you're going to want to hear that story coming up in the incredible interview that we did with the great Phil Sims, about 40, 45 minutes of, of gold for everything that's going on in the National Football League. We are taping this on Monday, the 8th of March, at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon on the East Coast. And, you know, coming off of an interesting weekend in sports, I was into the NBA All-Star game more than unusual. My kids were into it. Theo, who's five, turning six. Maya, who's 10. Jolie, who's turning 13 soon. Uh, the kids were into the three-point contest, which was awesome. Steph, that was a ton of fun to watch. I Listen, I was into Steph hitting you know the three from half court with Damian Lillard. That was interesting to me. Oprah putting on an absolute clinic of how to interview and and how to listen during a a course of an interview that certainly had my attention on on Sunday and based upon the ratings on CBS had your attention as well that was just mesmerizing for 2 hours phenomenal weekend in college basketball I am a huge college hoops fan and Duke is in major trouble. I mean, the fact that they didn't even show up against North Carolina, I don't see any way Duke makes the NCAA tournament unless they win the ACC tournament, which is not going to happen. Michigan State's Tom Izzo, he is an absolute gem. Check the months on the calendar, January, February, Izzo, April. He owns March, Michigan State, with a huge victory over Michigan not worried about Michigan in any way, shape, or form. I think they're the second-best team in college basketball. Behind Gonzaga, I would put Baylor number three. I think Illinois will get that fourth number one seed. They took care of business against a, a suddenly spiraling Ohio State team. UConn certainly caught my eye over the weekend. Listen, I'm a, a psychotic Syracuse fan and alum, but I always have respected UConn, even as much as, you know, their arrival, and I, you know, quote-unquote hate them. Dan Hurley, big fan of the Cincinnati Bengals, by the way. He a tremendous job coaching UConn basketball with the Nova injuries. I think UConn's going to win the, the Big East tournament. I think UConn's going to make a run in the NCAAs. No one's going to want to see them. So there was a lot of good stuff that happened this weekend. Bob Stu, of course, is our senior executive producer of the Adam Shine podcast. Bob, what caught your attention in the world of sports over the weekend? I mean, I was into every sporting event under the sun, Adam. I mean, you know me. I'm a diehard sports fan. I oh, like yeah. pretty much everything. I also did watch Oprah with Harry and Meghan. I'm not going to lie. I was one of 17 million who tuned in on CBS. But that's why I have multiple screens, Adam. 
Oprah on one TV, the NBA All-Star Game on the other. It's just a life changer having multiple screens. I thought Oprah was great, too. I mean, she put on a master class in interviewing, tough questions, great follow-ups. But I was literally watching everything. I saw Bryson DeChambeau hold off Lee Westwood. I mean, yeah. Bryson is just, yeah, he's the perfect villain for that sport. And it was just, it was such a close, close round at the end. They were one shot apart. You know, Bryson hit some incredible shots. Westwood just couldn't putt. He couldn't putt at the end. And Bryson's great. Like, you either love him or you hate him. I mean, I start off my Sunday. I watch soccer, Manchester United, Man City, the Manchester Derby. That was incredible. United ended that streak for City. I watched the Michigan State-Michigan game too, Adam. I mean, Michigan State, I wasn't surprised they pulled off the upset, though. Michigan didn't really have anything to play for. I'm with you. I'm not worried about Michigan at all. I was hoping they would limit more minutes. Sparty had a win to get in anyway. It was just a massive game for Izzo. I wasn't surprised at all that Sparty put off the upset. You know, I was in the hockey day in America. My devil shut out the Bruins. That was a shocker. I mean, Still I watch the old hockey, Bob. You you watch it all. I mean, this yeah. is the thing about Bob. Not only are you excellent at your job, but you, I've said this before. You are the biggest and best sports fan I've ever met. I mean, you know, you're watching golf. You're watching. You're watching UFC. You're watching yeah. hockey. You're you're watching Oprah do her thing. I mean, you're watching everything <laughs> over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I was actually the most the event that I was most into. You even brought it up. It was the UFC. I mean, I was so into the UFC. There were three title fights on the card. That's mind-blowing. Aljamain Sterling, he's from Uniondale, New York, by the way. He took a brutal, illegal knee to the skull. He actually won the title by disqualification. The internet was going absolutely ballistic. Twitter was going crazy. I mean, the only sport I didn't watch, Adam, I think was football this weekend. I mean, that's the only sport I don't think I saw. And I was thinking about this, too. It's been about a year since we lost sports for a period yeah. of time. I am so grateful, Adam, we have sports back in full force. I think that's another reason I'm watching everything I possibly can. It really will come full circle coming up when we get the NCAA tournament back. I mean, I love sports. I love the high quality of sporting events we've gotten in the last couple of weeks, Adam. You're 100% right, and we talked about it on radio today. I mean, I, I'm so into everything, and specifically for this conversation, college basketball from the weekend, you know, I love conference championship week. It's always been one of my favorite favorite weeks you know going back to you know the old Big East tournaments when Syracuse was there and used to go to Madison Square Garden I, I always loved that and I do think there is to your brilliant points and we talked about it on radio today you know that perspective of you don't know what you got until it's gone and we've always you know never taken it for granted but last year not having an NCAA tournament I still can't even believe that 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 obviously happened and Boy, it just gives you perspective. I can't wait for this year. Can't wait for Selection Sunday. And you are 1,000% correct. This interview with Phil Sims is amazing. And he has some really strong opinions and great trips down memory lane. So we will hear from the great Phil Sims from the NFL on CBS right after this. Hello, everyone. This is Bruce Murray, and I'd love you to join me on my podcast, Going Long, where every week we talk to the sports stars themselves, like NFL Hall of Famer Brett Favre. I was probably better at baseball than I was football. And the people that love them, like TV legend George Wendt. I thought about changing to be a Cub fan as a career move. And sports casting icon Linda Cohen. I never thought I'd still be doing it at this point in time. You can listen to Going Long every Thursday on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. The featured guest on the Adam Shine podcast. He is the absolute best in the business. My guy, the legendary Phil Sims. Phil, how are you? I'm doing well, Adam. That was some introduction. So everybody be ready to be let down. But, you know, here we go. I'll do the best I can. Oh, uh, Phil, it is so it. good to catch up with you. You know, we've done countless hours together. Radio, yeah. television, this is your first appearance on the Adam Shine podcast. So I'm curious, with everything that you've accomplished in your career, where does this rank? Oh, it, it, it's up there. You know, listen, I, I tell you, when you get that check every week, you need to send half of it to me because, <laughs> hell, I'm on all the shows and you're always asking me. And, and I, I will say this, not even being funny. I overall, I think, and I mean this, and, and I've said it to many people, I think you have the greatest feel for football when it comes to the players, teams, quarterbacks, and coaches 
of any journalist out there. There wow. you go. I, I mean, I really mean that too. I do. I appreciate I that, Phil. Yeah, you're. You know, you just kind of understand it. Uh, I think at a different level than other guys that do this, and uh, I appreciate. And I listen to your words and your predictions, and you know, you're pretty damn good at it. So, don't be looking for some analyst job. Leave it to guys like me. <laughs> Okay. Honestly, I feel like I should be like Costanza. Just end the interview on a high note. That's, yeah, that's it. That'll yes, do it. Hey, I'm leaving. That was, yeah, that's right. That, that's all that's for me. That's point of my day. I'm leaving. Yes. Oh, man. I've been talking to me downhill from here. Well, there's never a reason, you know, to have you specifically on the show because it could be any day, any time. I always want to pick your brain. And, you know, really, I want to get into some of these teams and the veterans who could be right. on the market and different situations quarterback-wise in the NFL. What do you make of what's going on with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks? Oh, well, let's see. I, I hope I can get this out in the words that it, it makes sense. Um, of course, it's real. We know that. And, and at this point, I will be surprised if he's not traded. Um, I just think that there's a market, of course, out there for him. I look at that. Uh, I think – in his, if he had his way, he wants to be traded. I think he wants to play wherever that is. And we're hearing rumors, of course. I heard some today. Chicago, 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 whatever. I've heard many teams. But it, he wants the show to be more about him. And, and, and in a way, I understand that because these quarterbacks are looking around. They see Patrick Mahomes, and now Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's legacy. But they want – they wanted to evolve around them even more. And he had that for a time last year, which I'm sure you've talked about many, many times. And as soon as we hit the bump in the road, that's the end of that story. Let's move on to what we really want to do here in Seattle. And, of course, that's got to be frustrating. And it's, hey, Pete Carroll's the coach. He's done a tremendous job. But I do think, I believe he will be on a different team this coming year. And it's just a question of where. But don't underestimate the... Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, all the good quarterbacks. Even you can throw Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson. I'm not going to try to name them all. But where the team and the offense is about them. And that's the reason why these teams have success. And it's worked for them because they give it all to the quarterback and let them be the driving force of the football team. Well, we're on the exact same page. This is real. I've been pretty outspoken that this divorce is going to happen. I know all about the cap hit, but I think Wilson wants it to happen. I think the Seahawks want it to happen. And it was interesting that the agent was on record with Adam Schefter. Bears, Saints, Raiders, Cowboys. You mentioned Chicago. I've been talking up Chicago on radio, on TV Because Chicago, to me, Phil, and tell me if you buy this, right? And then we can get into potential compensation. Yeah, Russ wants to be that guy. He wants it to be about him, and I get that, and I I appreciate that. Matt Nagy wants it to be about the quarterback. He puts on a Bears uniform. He's the most talented quarterback, best quarterback in the history of the franchise. You know (laughs) Chicago. It's it's all about the NFL and the Bears, even with the Cubs and Michael Jordan. I think it's kind of self-serving in a good way for Russell Wilson. Uh, Yes, I I agree with all that. You know, the other teams, listen, it's not going to be the Saints. They're in, to say they're in cap hell, it might be the greatest understatement in the world. (laughs) So, uh, you know, they've, they've gone, this is the year, this is the year, this is the year for how many years now? And they found a way to lose. They found a way to lose. And, uh, you know, I feel bad because the Saints, we could be sitting here talking about, a dynasty. Instead, we're just going. Well, they only won one Super Bowl. That was many years ago. Great but the point. only one to me that makes sense. It's not going to be New Orleans. We know that. And it's not going to be the, the, the Las Vegas Raiders. No. I mean, listen to everybody out there. Stop this, Derek Carr, John Gruden, whatever. If you're the Las Vegas Raiders, you're you should be happy you have Derek Carr. Okay, let's do it. Quit looking for something else and quit talking about the next quarterback. He played well last year. He walked off the field many times. We're winning, and the defense let the other team run down the field and score and lose games on last possessions. So that's one thing I'm just tired of hearing. So, really, when you think about the whole thing with Russell Wilson, first off, Chicago really, to me, is the only one that makes great sense. And from the Seattle perspective, is this. 
peak kale, you yes, you're going to pay salary cap. You know the the hit on it's going to be big and all that. But you can start rebuilding the team and and change it the way you want and get the quarterback in there to satisfy you and give it one more run before you call it a career. I think you nailed it, Phil. I think you also nailed it too on on Derek Carr. And I can hear oh, listen, the... it, oh, it gets me going. Oh, yeah, you know, every year it's it's all oh, they're looking. They might go sign this guy. And they, I mean, come on, it's it's the last their offense is really good. We know that it's talented. All that Derek Carr really played well last year. What do you want? And it's you know it's just the same old song and dance. And I'm just hey, look, I'm I'm really. I get tired of hearing it. And the thing is, Adam, it said so much, the public and the media, well, you know, he could go to the Raiders. This guy could go to the Raiders. Deshaun Watson maybe to the Raiders. I mean, everybody's going to the Raiders, you know. <laughs> and, and no matter who goes there, after a year, John's going to be tired of them anyway. So right, well, right. he'll want to move on from them. So, yeah, it, it drives me crazy, but it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah, listen, I, I and, and by the way, I'm I'm with you on Derek Carr, and I've been screaming that forever. I mean, I think he's a really good quarterback who's done excellent things with, with the Raiders. And I'm with you on Chicago and with you on the fit. And, you know, to me, I, I never viewed – I never viewed Russell Wilson as a lifer in Seattle. You know, there's always been that undercurrent in terms of Pete's and the defense and Ross wanting to cook and the MVP votes and – you know, wanting the offense to go around him. You know, if I'm Seattle, Phil, and you said it's real and you think that they're, he's going to be traded now, and I agree and I've said as much, I mean, you have to do it now. You First of all, there's a market. Second of all, and I know the cap hit, if you're the Seahawks and John Schneider and Pete Carroll, they know what they're doing. You can't let this thing just manifest itself and be a distraction all year. There's a major market here for Russell Wilson. It makes sense to try to deal him for multiple first-round picks. I'm talking three plus a two this year and a a third-round pick. I mean, for Seattle, this makes sense. I mean, the cat's out of the bag in terms of the negativity with Wilson and the Seahawks. Look, I'm not into rumors and all that. I try not to say things, oh, it's rumors. But look, this is not the first time this has been uh, been up. Uh, it, it, it's been there, an undercurrent that people didn't know about and it, years ago. And, you know, kind of settled, whatever, and then they played. And, of course, you know, we already talked about this year. But, yeah, it's not only draft picks. Let's say he goes to Chicago. Adam, it's going to be draft pick and players and good players. I mean, it, listen, the first one that comes to your mind is who? Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, Matt Nagy. Hey, and they can save their jobs and whatever. Uh, and, and the Ryan, oh, Ryan Pace, right? The yep. general manager. Yes. I almost thought, forgot his name there for a second. But if they're quarterback and they get that rolling on the offensive side, then they can, it, it, it just looks different. It could be the same record and get beat in the first round of the playoffs, but oh, it's different. Our offense is great. We got a quarterback. And that's what they want. I think they'd sacrifice the defense just as long as our offense is good, makes us look good, and we can still somewhat have a good – but it's going to take draft picks, somebody like Khalil Mack, and even probably more than that to to do it. But, again, like I said, uh, I'm reading all these things in Chicago. Oh, we might go with Nick Foles, and we might do – No, no, no. Let's go. Everybody, (laughs) let's give that up. You know, I'm I'm sick of hearing all that. Nick Foles went to Jacksonville. That didn't work. He went to Chicago. He's, that didn't work. So let we know where Nick Foles is right now, okay? He'll be a nice backup for some team. That's what he is. And quit dreaming about he had that great run in Philadelphia. Well, people forget the fans in Philadelphia were calling for Nate Sudfeld. So that's let's right. go back and remember that when that happened. So that's, well, that's another good rant. And I'm hot. I'm telling you, this is, this is why we have Phil on the podcast. Now, it's interesting oh. you mentioned the Cowboys, and Wilson's agent mentioned the Cowboys. Right. How is, how is this going to play out with Dak Prescott? And, and what's your take, Phil, on what level of quarterback is Dak Prescott? Look, he's top level. Uh, listen, we're going to get into you know doing all this with QBs. And, look, I, I, I even said this to Dak his rookie year. I was down there doing a game, and I looked at him, and it was just kind of a quiet moment. I said, hey, Dak, did you ever think you'd have to come to the pros to get great protection? And, and he goes, he looks at me and goes, 
I know it's unbelievable. And it, it was so funny because I studied him quite hard when he came out of Mississippi State. I saw his career, how it was moving, and they had that good team his junior year. I think that's the year it was where they were one or two in the country and all that. And his senior year, he got destroyed. I mean, it was amazing he went through the year and didn't get hurt because they were just not a good football team. But he's a top-flight NFL quarterback. He is a franchise quarterback. We love that mm-hmm. word. He mm-hmm. definitely is. His throwing has gotten better every single year. And what I mean by that, I don't care about his numbers. Physically, he's throwing the ball better now than ever before. And I think they'll just probably tag him again. And then we'll see where it goes from there. Push it down the road. Why make a decision? Let's keep pushing it down the road here. And sooner or later, something big will happen. I think it still will be Dak Prescott will be with the Dallas Cowboys. If you're again, if you're the Cowboys, and you're looking out there and thinking you're going to find something better, then good luck. That's all I can say. Good luck, and I don't like your chances. Yeah, I'm with you. He's a franchise quarterback. Adam, he's big. He's strong. He can run. He's got a good arm. It's not the top flight Aaron Rodgers Mahomes, right. but it's it's still really good. He's has gotten accurate uh, with the football. I love it. It's just everything. And that's the great thing that happens to a lot of NFL quarterbacks when they're hard workers and they got talent, their throwing gets better as the year go years go along. Because they realize, man, i got to control the ball better than I did last year. And they really, most of the time, just figure it out themselves. And, it, it, you know, so he's done a great job of that. And it's, I worried about his throwing when he came in the NFL. I said, he's got everything, but is he a good enough passer of the ball to really make it work? Well, he's answered that question. He is. If you're Dak, do you embrace the franchise tag? Is that a good thing? Or do you want that long-term contract and security in Dallas? Well, you know, <laughs> you're, you're talking to the wrong guy. I mean, I yeah. would have, I would have caved in a second. I'll take it. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> right, right. For the yeah. security, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it just, I, I, but you know, I'm thinking about how the game, or me myself, and how it is like going. Man, this is pretty wicked back here, and you can get hurt at any time. And unfortunately, he got hurt this past year. But look, he's, you know, he's so physically strong in so many ways and I don't I don't think to answer your question I don't think he cares he'll play this out and no matter what happens it's probably going to work out I would say the chances of it working out great for him are about 90 percent sooner or later he's going to get the deal he wants and uh, it looks like he's determined to do that and I give him great credit for that that tells you how what his belief is in himself and that is such a big thing. I, I te- you know I teach a lot of quarterbacks in the mm-hmm, offseason. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going, hey, man, come on. Why are you acting that way? You are good. If I was throwing as good as you, you're a sophomore in high school, man, they, my head would be so big I wouldn't walk in and be able to walk into a classroom. And But I think that's Dak. He, he knows he's good. He's got great control of the football team. The players love him and all those things. So it's going to work out in his favor here before it ends. Phil, how would you characterize what's going on in Houston with Deshaun Watson, who is just an unbelievable player, a great quarterback, a great leader? He is done with the Texans organization. How does this play out in Houston? Adam, I think about it way too much. And, you know, everywhere I go, people, hey, what do you think? What's going to happen in Houston? And I'm going to ask you first. Sure. What do you think is going to happen with Deshaun Watson between now and the start of the NFL season? Okay, let's go in chronological order. When this first became a thing, I was of the opinion you spend a lifetime trying to find someone like Deshaun. You, you do. He's, he's a franchise quarterback to the nth degree. Never in a million years will they trade him. Nick Casario comes in, you know, and, and Nick has wanted to be a GM for a while, and he's well-respected. You can't trade him. Well, then they hired David Culley. This is the first time he's ever been a, even interviewed for a head coach, not exactly a hire that pops off the screen. Right, Phil, I think Watson is, is digging in here, which means, unfortunately, I've kind of done a 180 in chronological order on information in terms of the GM hire, the head coaching hire, 
Watson's reaction. They're keeping Jack Easterby, Cal, Cal McNair's commentary. There's there's a lot that goes into this. I think they're going to end up trading Watson. I think they're going to trade him late April, right before the draft, maybe even a couple of days before. I think Miami, to me, makes the most sense, and I don't think he's going to play again for the Texans. Well, you know, they always go through this. And, you know, I don't know. It's easy for me to say. If I was the general manager of that, I'd just go, okay, well, we're going to dig our heels in, too. Let's see how long you really want to sit out. Uh, you know, that, that that always crosses my mind. But then mm-hmm. I also go this way. Then I, go, then I become the real GM <laughs> and just go, okay, we're a bad football team right now. The team just fell apart. I mean, the year before, they were in the playoffs. And they had a lead on, right, they had a lead on Kansas City. That's right. And, yeah, 24, was it 24 to nothing? 24 nothing. 24 nothing. And here we are a little over a year later, and it's a disaster. And that's that's the NFL. <laughs> yeah. But th- that's what I get to this. With draft picks, now we have a chance to start completely over with draft picks, getting him off the books as far as what we're paying him or taking that hit or whatever it is. As you you know, I, I don't know those numbers exactly. I haven't looked into them. But I would trade him, bring in the hall, get and you know, just say it is Miami because I do think Miami will be in the market to make this deal if he does come free. Because look at Miami in this perspective. This is how I look at the Miami Dolphins. It's not about Tua. But they have a ton of young, good players down there. Yes. And they got all these draft picks. Well, Adam, how many young guys can you have on the team? It's a great and all point. of a sudden, two years from now, we got 20 guys that are up for a salary. And so, you, you know, I look at it that way. And sooner or later, you got to get that final piece that drives it over the top. Is that Deshaun Watson? I would say yes. Yeah. I think their team is loaded with young talent. They are crushing it when they sign free agents. They're getting guys that are coming in and playing up to the way they're being paid and all those things. But more importantly, it gives Houston a chance to start over, which we've seen the Miami Dolphins do. Look how quick they turned their roster over and got their team turned around. Two years. Look what they did in two years. And so it can be done. You've got to be smart. You've got to maybe be a little lucky. But I think it's a chance for the Houston Texans to get themselves back, get a lot of good young players Get a young quarterback, whoever that is. You're going to be able to do that with the draft picks that you're going to get if it is the Miami Dolphins, and you can start the, you can start your franchise over. So that's the way I would really, truly look at it. Why have a malcontent or somebody doesn't want to be there? You, you want the atmosphere to be great, and that is really a big deal. You know, the atmosphere that the head coach and the owner and all of them set for your football team really does determine a lot of times the outcome of your season and how many games you're going to win. Well, it's interesting, and we're, we're on the exact same page, right? I mean, you never want to trade Watson, but if he doesn't want to be there, it's a great opportunity for the reboot, and, you know, forget the reasons why they're here. They're here, so now deal in yeah. reality. What was your take on what I said in terms of the timing right before the draft? Would it make more sense to do it, you know, before the start of free agency, or do you think you'll wait this out until the quote-unquote last minute with Deshaun? Uh, that's a good question. I think it is a lot just depends on how this quarterback carousel, how it keeps moving, and when yeah. does it really start to fly. And you don't want to be sitting there uh, thinking, oh, I'm going to get this guy, and all of a sudden it's all gone, and you go, oh, my gosh, we didn't get a deal done. And, I, yes, I would think it definitely would happen before the draft. That's of course, only makes sense. They Master. have to do it before yeah. the draft. If they don't, that then if you don't make that deal before the draft, then you just dig your heels in and see how long Deshaun Watson is willing to sit there. But it doesn't make sense to me to keep him there almost in any terms just because of what I said about their football team, that they need so many things when you look at them. And they were competitive at many times last year, and did some, but it was Deshaun. And I, I'll say this too. I liked Deshaun Watson a lot when he came out. But he's better than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. And not to, to think nothing against Tua down in Miami, but he is a wholly, a, a complete different level as a player with experience and will change your football team immediately. And the Miami Dolphins, when I look at them, 
they were really ready to win last year. I think we saw that. And um, it, it, it kind of fell apart on, uh, on them a little bit with Tua and what they were doing offensively, things like that. And Deshaun Watson, with that young talent and everything that guy, they got going down there and the way they're coached, look out. Phil, to me, you say look out. And, and you know, I, I want to give perspective before I say this. You know, you know how much uh, I'm high on Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, and the Bills. The yeah. Chiefs are the Chiefs. You know, I think Indianapolis with Carson Wentz, they're going to be a really good team. They have a, a really yes. good defense. You know, there, there are some really good situations in the AFC. Deshaun Watson to Miami is a Super Bowl caliber move. And I'm not screaming, oh, they're going to make the Super Bowl in 2021. But I wouldn't rule it out. Brian Flores is a gem. You know, they might sign Aaron Jones to run the football. They could sign a number one receiver. That is a Super Bowl caliber move for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, yes, I'm not going to disagree. It really is. It's a great move and and for them, and it just solidifies so many things. And I look at their football team and just, you know, be real quick, is all the young guys from last year and the draft picks, three rookie offensive linemen who were playing at many times last year, they're going to be better. He's going to make them better. The offense does need to be changed, which it will be now. Chan Gailey's out, and now we're not going to spoon-feed our quarterback. We're going to – we're going to be the team that's attacking you instead of trying to work around a young quarterback. So that changes too. And, of course, on the defensive side, they're extremely well coached, very diverse. And, and to me, you bring up the Buffalo Bills. Hey, the Buffalo Bills, they didn't achieve this year. They overachieved. When you really started as a year wore on, especially during the playoffs, you know, physically they got kind of manhandled by the mm -hmm. Colts. Mm -hmm. Do you agree or disagree? I agree completely. And you should have yeah. won that game. Played I played them. Yeah. Yeah. And then they played the Baltimore Ravens. They won. It was windy and this. And, and look, they just sold out and said, Lamar, there's only one way you guys are going to win today. And that's going to throw it. And they were taking chances and it worked. And then really, then is, and I'm not second guessing at all because I thought, oh my gosh, I don't see any way they can hang in with the Kansas City Chiefs. And, uh, it showed. It, it, they ran out of gas. They got some holes they need to feel, fill on their football team, that's for sure. But the Miami Dolphins with the quarterback, to, if they got Deshaun Watson, to me it almost puts them over the Buffalo Bills right away. Yeah, it would be unbelievable. I hope it happens for, for Miami. I hope it happens for Watson. What was your Well, we all hope for all these things because it makes our job easier. Oh, my God, it's great for <laughs> I mean, us. Come on. Phil, people ask me all the time, who do you root for? I root for me. I love me. <laughs> it's all about me for buzz, hey, for conversation. You don't have to worry. You, always, you are always going to be taken care of because you got the greatest callers in the history <laughs> of uh, radio, the history. You know, uh, I wasn't good at imitation. I was no, that to... was good. It was a little no, bit no, Charlie like, Jones no, asked, but it was good. I even heard you today going, terrific cause from the people so far, yes. You know, we've, we've been yeah. friends for a long time. Do you know that I grew up, speaking of who I root for, oh. as a diehard fan of your giant? Have we, I don't think we've ever talked about that. Did you know no, that? No, we haven't. I didn't know this. Diehard was... fan of your Giants. In oh. fact, and I looked this up before the interview. It's funny. I was going to do this at the end, but I'll seize the moment since we're talking about me. Why not? It's all about me. <laughs> the way hey, I enough about me. Let's talk about you. <laughs> what do you think of me? Okay, there you go. January fifth, nineteen eighty-six. Phil Sims and the Giants in the divisional rounds get shut out twenty-one nothing by the Chicago Bears. You got sacked, I looked this up, six times in that game. Oh, that's and all. That's good. I <laughs> that was January of 86. Yes, January of 86. 85 oh, okay, Bears yes. won the Super Bowl January 5th, 1986. The reason I bring that up to you, that was the first time, and I grew up as a diehard Yankees fan, Giants fan, Knicks fan, that was the first time sports made me sad. You know, it, that was the first time, and you know I'm a psychotic sports fan. I live for sports. Yeah. Watching that game, that was the, and I remember this. I was at a cousin's house watching it with my, with my dad and my brother, and I couldn't believe the Giants lost 21 nothing. 
So my connection with Phil Simms goes all the way back, Phil, to January 5th, 1986. How about that? Well, I like that a lot. And, you know, I'm going to give you a couple little facts about that game. I think we were on the one-yard line. I threw a perfect pass to Bobby Johnson from the one and a little fade. It's perfect. He drops it, and Bobby never dropped the pass. And then, of course, we don't score from the one-yard line. Then we miss the field goal from the one-yard line. Or I'm Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was the two. Then we miss a punt that gave them a touchdown. So, yes, it was a bad day. They were good. I'm not taking anything away from them. They were really good. And, and Adam, it was really cold and extremely windy. And I'm like, I don't give a dang. I don't care. <laughs> I went out for warm-ups, you know, that warm-up. And I ran out there with no sleeves, no of gloves, course. nothing. Yeah, and then I stood out there for about two minutes. And, excuse me, i got to run back in the locker room. And, and it, it, I put on everything. And when I came to the sideline to get a drink of water after a series, there was no water. Everything had frozen to ice. Oh, my gosh. I know, no exaggeration. I went over and I said, I just knocked the whole damn thing off. I went, get some, get me something I can drink, you know, whatever. It was that was a brutal day, physically, and of course the weather was unbelievable too. That Bears team, for, without question, just real quick, it was the best one I ever played against in my whole career. Wow, uh, no yeah, surprise, but still, wow. Yeah, wow. I mean, the Eagles. The 49ers and all those great teams. But that Bears defense that year, oh, this, it's the scheme. So it's talent that's coached that's different than everybody else in the NFL. That's when you get something that really goes over the top and explodes. And that, that would be the Bears defense. And then, of course, the next year you guys come back and win the Super Bowl and you have the perfect game, 22-25, three touchdowns, 268 yards, you're going to Disney World. That's how that whole thing started. That's I mean, right. Was, that was the first one, yes. But, but, and if I remember correctly, that was just simply the truth. You were literally going to Disney World. You were asked, what are you going to do next? And you were going to Disney World, right? That's, that's exactly right. Yes. That's, that's, uh, I was the first one. I, it's funny. After we won the Super Bowl and, you know, everybody's all excited and everywhere I go for the next few days, hey, how'd you do that commercial? And that's all I heard. I was like, can we talk about the game? I mean, it was it was incredible. In fact, I went, I was the MVP, and I went to in New York to get the car and all that in a press conference. That was the first question that was asked to me. Not about, hey, congratulations. Hey, Phil, how did they shoot that commercial for Disney World or whatever? So That's hilarious. That was did hilarious. You- the whole thing about I said yes to it. I didn't want to say yes. I finally did because they just, my agent wore me down. I can remember like it's yesterday. And I maybe I'm wrong, but I'm laying in bed. I was never one to sleep a lot before the game, and I never worried about it. I wasn't nervous. I just sit up, watch TV, and just relax and sit there. And I think Joe Montana did Saturday night, Saturday Night Live that uh, Saturday night before our Super Bowl, and I just remember going, "Damn, Joe was pretty good." And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I probably slept just a couple hours, but you know, I, I never was a big sleeper the night before the games. Didn't matter. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, very fortunate. Worked out great. But we were hot, which that's how it goes. It's almost like Tampa Bay this year. Struggle, struggle, struggle. Keep hanging in there. And all of a sudden it comes together. And that's a football season almost for everybody and how you do it. And you just got to catch it at the right time. And when you get it going, you know, you take advantage of it. Tampa did it. And we did it back in 86 and, of course, in 92. Which is pretty remarkable when you think about it. I mean, do you think about that? I mean, I, I call that the perfect game. I mean, are you comfortable with me saying that you pitched the perfect game in that Super Bowl? Because that's how I felt, and that stat line certainly backs it up. Well, you know, I really never really watched the game, and I think I, this offseason I actually watched it, and I think back, and, and I can say this. I threw the ball exactly where I wanted to go every time. Yeah. And I didn't miss. And there were three incompletions, but there was reasons why they were incomplete. I think Mark Bavall dropped one going across the field, kind of confused him. Uh, I was hit and couldn't get the ball to an open receiver. And then Phil McConkie got tripped. So I can remember the three incompletions. Phil McConkie got tripped. We'd set the play up all week. It's going to work. They'll never expect McConkie to go deep on third and two or three or whatever. And I'm just thinking, oh, this is going to score all week. I said, this play is going to score a touchdown. 
he got tripped and fell, and I was probably a little lucky that uh, it wasn't intercepted because I threw it too far. But uh, so, yeah, it was just one of those days. Of course, great weather and uh, the game plan, all those things just worked out. And and it's and by being accurate and just like I said, throwing it where I wanted today because I threw a lot of balls that were very close and only gave my receiver a chance. Not a lot, but quite a few. And you know. If any of them are incomplete, it might change the whole outcome of the game. That's how, that's how, even though we blew them out, I saw the game when I watched it, and I went, wow, this game could have turned the other way just as easy, easily as it turned for us where we went on to win. That's amazing so. that you watched it back for the first time. That's, that's incredible. And I love that I mentioned pitching the perfect game, and it, it, this is kind of you in a nutshell. You mentioned the three incompletions. That that wow. that's that's vintage. I mean that that's. I mean this is unscripted. I say pitch the perfect game. You know exactly the three incompletions. Well, yeah. Listen, every quarterback does. That's I mean, right. Man, we never forget anything. You know, 1985. You know, whatever you name the game, Chicago Bears. I'm thinking, oh man. You know, I can remember plays there, like I just told you already. But I think quarterbacks, probably baseball, every all athletes, especially most athletes, remember. You, you can go back to their grade school days and they'll tell you exactly what went on the first game of their year and stuff like that. So uh, that's the only good recall I have <laughs> is old games, I guess. Did you keep the car when you won Super Bowl MVP? I did, yes. It, back then it was a Subaru. And, and, uh, <laughs> I don't even know why it's that funny. It was fine. It was, but I did have a hard time getting it, getting into it because I was like, wow, this car is small. Did. <laughs> that's so, incredible honestly i wish i was still had it to today and just sitting in my garage oh that'd be great yeah i should have done it but of course you know we're all geniuses after the fact and i didn't but uh that would have been a good keepsake and something just to have and just let it sit there and get some vanity license plates put it on there and just go there yeah there it is right there there it sims is. 11 see if anybody spots you as you're you're driving around the tri-state area all right let me see yeah. the tri-state area if yes. you're the Jets, what Ooh. would you what would you do with Sam Darnold? Well, it's going to be as you know, and I know you've talked about it. I just I don't know what else to say except it, it's the draft is about everything is about the second pick. Yep. Will the Jets keep it and trade Sam Darnold, or you know do they, of course, draft a quarterback? That's the other thing. Or do they move back in the draft a little bit and acquire more picks? Just uh, they want to move far. Because I do believe somebody will try to come up there, the number two spot, and get Zach Wilson. So, uh, saying all that, that's of course I don't know the answer, and um, I think my gut tells me they're going to draft Zach Wilson because they still have other draft capital. But if they're happy with Sam Darnold, then you know, listen, they're going to be able to move out of that spot and get a lot of players to help rebuild their football team. So I don't really have a great feel for it. I think if I had to just give a stamp on it right now and give you the answer, I say they draft Zach Wilson and trade Sam Darnold. And I think his trade value will be pretty good. And that will, again, they get to use that pick. They get more for Sam Darnold. And they can still get a different quarterback, a different style maybe, and fits the offense maybe even better than Sam Darnold does that they're going to bring in and still get all the draft picks they need to replenish their football team. I can't tell you Sam has played well the first three years. I personally think a lot of it has been circumstantial. You know, I happen to Listen, agree. Adam, Adam, there's no question. It's it's unlucky. Yep. Not a good team. Yep. And not an offense that lets the quarterback really be the centerpiece where he can really shine in it either. And I know they had to work around the talent and all that, but still, you know, it really, really has been unfortunate in those in those ways for these first three years, no doubt. So he goes elsewhere. I think you know maybe it's Denver, maybe it's Washington, maybe it's Carolina. Heck, if if San Fran moves on from Garoppolo, I, I I'd consider Sam Darnold. Do you think Sam Darnold will be successful with a different coach, a different group of receivers, different offensive line out of New York? I would say if Sam Darnold, and, you know, these things, I don't think this will happen. I don't know. I always think that deals like this have to be done before the draft. And no question. So you're talking about Russell Wilson. I would think the same thing for Sam Darnold. 
And if they keep him and if they don't make any deals before the draft, then that tells me they're going to stay with him and they're just going to acquire draft picks by moving out of that spot and let somebody else come in there to take, to take Zach Wilson. Uh, but I do think he can be successful. If I was just, you know, just guessing, that's all I'm doing is guessing. And I've been really good this offseason. I'm not listening to rumors. I'm not calling people trying to find things out. I don't want to know because I don't care. Because I'm going to do my own studies and do my things and talk about the draft more as it gets closer. But my guess would be he could end up in San Francisco. And if he is, then we're all going to be going, man, Sam's pretty good. Because I think he's the perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense. And he moves around. He doesn't have to do it a great deal out there because, you know, they're so scripted and so good in what they do. But he fits the throwing program or the throwing offense that Kyle Shanahan has designed for his quarterbacks. And I think he's a better thrower than, of course, all three quarterbacks in San Francisco. I think he's a better thrower than Jimmy Garoppolo. And, of course, surely he was a better thrower than two backups they played once Garoppolo went down. Yeah, I'm with you completely. And I've made that case on numerous occasions. Darnold to San Francisco would be perfect for the player and really perfect for the team. Oh, yeah. I, listen, it really it, – it's. It, I, just, I just think physically it's a step up from Jimmy Garoppolo, not to be mean to him. He's done great. I know they have a good winning record when he plays. But Sam Darnold is absolutely a better thrower of the ball, more dynamic throwing the ball, and he's got more spontaneity to him than Jimmy Garoppolo does too. You know, he moves around. You know, he, he, makes, he can make all the throws. There's no question. You know, he can go left and throw right. And it didn't work great with the Jets, and you know, like we've already talked about that. But I think the potential is there. And being traded and be put in that situation, Adam, if that doesn't fire you up and didn't mo- doesn't motivate you Woo! to train and be more ready than ever, which that shouldn't be because you should already be that way if you're a franchise quarterback and you're drafted the way he is. So I want to make that clear. But that still would light my rear end up as much as anything. All right. Follow- I'll show you. Yeah. And I think, and I think Darnold will go to San Francisco, and I, I think he'd light it up. I, I think with Sam Darnold, they'd be in the Super Bowl conversation. And, and listen, I, the Rams are going to be loaded this year, but I, that San Francisco team, they got hit with a rash of injuries. You know, yes. everyone comes back. Kyle's a gem. John knows what he's doing. You know, I, I think that could be a Super Bowl kind of mix if they get someone like Sam Darnold in San Francisco. These are big ifs. If they're healthy, Sam Darnold is their quarterback. He stays healthy. They're a big-time contender once again. And, you know, there's that team. You know, it's amazing. They were in the Super Bowl, 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, and then last year it falls apart. And now you're, you're sitting there as an organization going, man, we got to get back on track. You know, we can't sit here and blame everything on injuries. And so they got to get many things fixed up that way. But if it falls in place for them, absolutely, they're going to be a team that would be – if somebody said, oh, I'm going to take San Francisco to go to the Super Bowl, I'd go, yep, I understand why. I can see that. So it's going to be interesting to see. Man, like you said, you're in heaven as a radio person oh. and having a show because it's endless. The NFL, we're just scratching a little bit about the quarterbacks. I mean, there's so many guys because of the salary cap, they're going to be floating out there that can change football teams. It's it's going to be an exciting season. It's going to, it is an exciting off season. But it's going to make the season even more exciting. Phil, you're the best. We always appreciate the time, my friend. And listen, we'll talk about the quarterbacks in in the draft on radio, TV, podcast at some point as as we move oh, along. Oh yes, I know. We I will. know you're going. You're going in depth with these quarterbacks, and you want to study them. But hey, this yes. was amazing stuff today, and I know the listeners are going to groove on this. So. I, I Ooh, really appreciate you. Groove, yeah, groove, groove on this man. I haven't heard that in a while from anybody. <laughs> groove. If you just said groovy, I, that would have just ended it all. Hey, you know, I'm gonna. I told you before we started the interview today. Just a real quick thing. I said, I say, why would you watch every game of every play of a guy when you can really make your assessments pretty quick on talent and everything as you watch it? And now you can laugh at me. Because every quarterback that you're going to talk about, I'm going to watch every snap of the That's whole amazing. year. Of them. That's amazing. Why? Well, you know, sometimes I get bored, and it's I'm here in New Jersey. I don't go outside a lot, so I said. But 
just just to keep seeing it, just as you watch and keep learning and all that, and it's it's going to be really interesting. I think there's just the quarterback thing. Uh, last thing, the quarterback uh, carousel, whatever you want to call. It. Look, how many guys we have coming in the league this year? They're talking about being first rounders. You, you know, this is every year now. Yeah. So the quarterback position, there's less patience for it. And two, it becomes, when is somebody going to say, you know what, we're not going to pay this guy because we're going to move on because they're just really, there's so many good, I think, good quarterbacks in the NFL that a lot of teams that we think are great and their quarterback is great, I think you can stick, you know, five, six, ten quarterbacks sometimes in these positions and go, we could have got it done with this guy too. So it's 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 awesome to watch. It really is. And this year is going to be fun to talk about, and we will talk about it down the road for sure. Without question. Phil, you're the best. We appreciate right. it. Enjoy the film, and we'll talk to you again real soon. You got it, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another incredible episode of the Adam Shine Podcast. Phil Sims, my goodness, he's the best. Never disappoints. Bob Stew, sensational. Thanks to our listeners on SiriusXM, our listeners on Pandora, our listeners on Apple Podcasts and with Stitcher. We record the Adam Shine Podcast year-round, so please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can always catch me every weekday on my SiriusXM radio show on Shine on Sports, which airs from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Man Dog Sports Radio Channel 82. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again real soon. This is the Adam Shine Podcast. For more from Adam Shine, listen to Shine on Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.